How do you think Jesus is going to come back? Is he going to be grown or is he going to be a baby? And is he just going to appear or how does that work? We're talking tonight about how we're Judeo-Christian anarchists. And we're Adventists awaiting the coming of Christ because that's the only thing that's really going to interest people anymore so, is the judgment. <laughs> that, that's, it's kind of like the last headline that can be. Exactly. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And because everything else is just it's just not really prevalent enough, yeah. Well, maybe prevalent is not the right word, but no, I think prevalent. Prevalent. Isn't prevalent and relevant kind of the same word though? Prevalent is something that's popular, more or less, and relevant is something that's popular as well. So I think like. Prevalent and relevant are kind of almost the, mean the same thing, kind of, right? Relevant, yeah. Okay. Um, but what does that mean? Pre, pre is it pre? <laughs> pre-relevant? <laughs> pre-relevant or... I don't know. <laughs> Prevalent? Pre-relevant? Yeah. I don't know. Either way, it's, it's funny. It's, essentially, it's going back to this idea of American Judeo-anarchists <laughs> and, you know, Adventists awaiting the coming of the Messiah because that's the only thing that's really that interesting anymore. You know, I just watched Ben Shapiro mm-hmm. talk, talk about the second coming of Jesus, which is weird from a Jewish person. Yeah. Uh-huh. What was he saying about it? it? It was just saying this and that about how Christians Christians base all their faith or whatever on the second coming. Well, yeah, that, that's a really good point that he brings uh, to light, because if there is no second coming, then why believe in Jesus? Uh-huh. Essentially, is, did he kind of talk about that at all? No. Bring that point to light? No. But I think that that's why he did address that point. Because if there is no second coming of Christ, then it's just, it's kind of a fable. But if there is a second coming of Christ, then that creates a whole nother dynamic. Uh-huh. And... It, and it was interesting to see a 
Jewish man told him about him. Yeah. I'm surprised that he would even bring that to light. I just think that uh, the more we get closer to it, the more like these this topic of conversations become more relevant. Yeah. In social media, in media itself, more gonna pop out. Yeah, because if there, if it is going to happen, then uh, there's definitely going to be a buzz, kind of. I think like about it before it happens. It, you know, it's almost like a trending thing. Jesus coming back will be a trending event <laughs> you know what I mean and there definitely will be precursors for that maybe we're a precursor you know by what even what we're talking about right now you know towards that reality coming to light you know what I wonder sometimes what is we should be focusing on just as a human being? Well, yeah, because we got Trump and the American government and we got the Middle East, which are both disasters, and we can only talk about that stuff. Well... I think that in regards to the Middle East situation, I think that we need to throw in the towel on that. In in the sense that we can't focus our energy on what's going on there. We can't change what's going on there. Therefore, we have to uh, alleviate our energy to go into that direction. Not that we don't sympathize with what's going on there, but at the same time, it's something that's never going to change, I feel like. And ever since Israel became a nation there, that has been a source of conflict. Um, you know, it just kind of weighs me out, though, because how I don't get how Israel didn't become a nation in 1948 when it's always been there. And it has the Holy Land or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I understand it, but there's another group of people that wants to claim that place is their, their religion, you know, headquarters. The land? Yeah. You know, and that's obviously the, you know, the Muslim faith. Uh-huh. So, I mean, the Muslim faith and the uh, Jewish faith have been at war since Esau and Jacob in their mother's womb. Uh-huh. You know? And really, it goes back to Abraham with Abraham not following God's uh, plan uh, and trying to conceive a child with the maidservant, Hagar, which uh-huh. led to Ishmael. Uh, and Ishmael was the beginning of the Muslim religion, uh-huh. essentially. So that was really the first conflict, and that was out of sin, because Sarah encouraged 
Abraham to impregnate the maidservant to have the child that was supposed to be the chosen child. You know. His pimps. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a blunder. It was a blunder that has consequences still to this day. I mean, it's just it's crazy that that one one incident with Abraham and Hagar, the maidservant. <laughs> You know, the pagan maidservant or wherever. You have such an effect on all, life. All the way till the very last days. You know what I mean? The end of the age. Now. Now. Yeah, just, I mean, that's, that's what's so crazy about reality is that one little mistake can have historic, monumental. You want to do nothing. Well, as for fear that you damage the future some way. You never know, man. That's just uh, how life works. That's the the trip of life, you know. It can either be a good trip or it can be a bad trip, you know. I mean, I just, I don't know. But ultimately, this is how things, even like sporting events, like one sporting event can be dictated by one play. That's just one game. You know what I mean? One mishap costs the, the team the game. You know what I mean? It's no different than something like Abraham and Hagar. You know? Abraham didn't do it God's way. He got consequences ever since. Uh-huh. So you think like, oh, that's no, that's no big deal. Like, oh, that's something. He, he's kind of messed up. Oh, that's nothing. But Abraham, <laughs> Abraham almost sacrificed his son. He did, Isaac. Yeah, and that Isaac was the son, and that's what happened because after Hagar bore Ishmael, God was like, no, 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 that's not what I was uh-huh. wanting you to do. You're still going to have the the son, and ended up impregnating his wife again, and she, you know, bore Isaac. So, yeah, all these stories, these Bible stories, and he he bore so so, and she bore. This person and all this stuff, but what do you think of what? What do you think of what? <laughs> what do you think of what? Did you, did you lose your train of thought? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, though. The Bible does talk a lot about, like, the lineages and stuff. And he bore this, and she was the mother of him, and there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Oh, my point was... All this born him and born her and whatever. Where do these people have sex? Where is it in the Bible that these creations were made? 
Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's just not something that you really want to discuss, I guess, that God really feels is, like, necessary to... Oh, well enough. Yeah, to divulge details. Flowers are baseball. Yeah, I make it too long. Well, he bore this, and they got it on in this place, and uh-huh. it's good. But not one story. Not one of anybody getting a draw with anyone. They're more concerned about letting the about the lineage just like who they came from and they were of this and either they did evil in the eyes of the Lord yeah right pretty much only matters when yep and who they were connected to and did they do evil in the eyes of the Lord or or good were they favored in the eyes of God or did God not like them (laughs) Like mentions a lot about that too, actually about the people and like whether or not God like favored them or not. Yeah. But I think this is the proper topic of conversation because it puts everything into a, a perspective of reality. That reality is hinged upon these factors. An intelligent designer, an adversary, a government, governmental system, world governmental system that is anti-God. You know, and this is really what I was looking at when I think of the Democrats in this country they reflect this kind of this kind of mentality towards me where they don't want to acknowledge like abortion and murder and and that God could be against the idea of abortion could be <laughs> or, or is Sorry, I need to get... Well... Yeah, I mean, obviously is because God says no murder. You know, but the fact... But the thing is, is that what we're trying to say here is that these people preach tolerance and diversity and equality and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But really, they don't want people to live an old-fashioned, traditional, Christian, God-fearing life. They say, oh, like, that's an outdated cultural depiction of things that we no longer want to adhere to. Your subservience does not need to be with God, but with the dictatorship, with the beast, with... uh, the government. That's who you should be serving. Exactly. And that's why I hate Democrats right there. Uh-huh. Because that's what they're trying to do to everybody. They want to preach tolerance and diversity and equality for all. But the moment you don't agree with their progressive, liberal, socialist, communist agenda, you're no longer relevant. 
Yeah. You're an outdated cultural depiction that needs to be done away with along with your Judeo-Christian God. Indeed, indeed. And isn't that exactly what the Bible says that the mentality of the people is going to want to hear? Their itching ears are going to want to hear something along those lines. And they're going to be debating about the flood and all this stuff about God and stuff that God did. And they're going to be like mocking that kind of stuff and like poo-pooing it. It seems to me like a godly person wouldn't have ears. No, because a godly person views reality through a completely different lens. Yeah. You know, which is the lens of wisdom. The lens of knowledge, gnosis, understanding. You know, and these people, their knowledge and understanding comes from the the media outlets, particularly the communist, socialist, Democrat people. They believe everything that's talked, you know, on the on their media sources. You know what I mean? That's the narrative. That's the that's what you need to be in tune with. The kind of stuff that they're the dictatorship. The dictatorship, communist dictatorship, is really speaking through CNN and those kind of broadcasts. I'm afraid. MSNBC, those kind of broadcasts that are promoting that liberal agenda. Communist news network. It really is, dude. And we've mentioned this before, but it's that's where they... Your information comes from that. That's where they, they want everybody to get their, their truth, their wisdom <laughs> from those news anchor outlets. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And if like, you're thinking contrary to that dogma that ideology you know that propaganda you might even say then shame on you uh-huh. <laughs> shame on you christian uh-huh. oh you know i don't know man i just this is this is a problem that like we need to address i feel like i feel like uh Like what? Uh, <laughs> Lizard turning a lot. Yeah, that happens while we when you have a head injury and no teleprompter. <laughs> I doubt I can read it anyway. My vision. Vision is not a hundred percent. What if you had some glasses or contacts or something? You think that would help? I have glasses down there. Oh. But that was before my eye surgery. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm not prescription anymore. Hmm. Okay. Well... We're doing it off the cusp. I think a lot of podcasts out there are doctoring. Edited. Yep. Ours is unscripted, unedited. That's the beauty of our, our raw. Music. Just raw as fuck. <laughs> raw as raw as anal sex without any lube. <laughs> oh man, this is. Painful and nasty. <laughs> There's nothing nasty about our news broadcast. Yeah. 
Sorry, that's a little too vivid of an example, maybe. Uh-huh. Sort of backed off a little bit on that for the younger audience. <laughs> well, it's like from South Park where it says, it's Cartman says, he's talking about his mom fucking him. And he says, I'd like to be, take me to a, what is it, like a, oh man, a grease monkey or something like that? Because I like to get, grease monkey is a, uh, Lube does lube jobs for cars. He's like, please take me to a grease monkey before I get fucked in the ass. Uh-huh. He's talking about his mom, like, fucks him. I'm magnetic. Sideways here right there. Because <laughs> I like to be lubed up before I get fucked. I Carmen. Just throwing a fit, like just screaming that. Oh yeah, he, he does. He was too. He does on that one. So funny, dude. At least take me to a grease monkey before you fuck me. Cause I like to get lubed up before I get fucked. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. What can we offer of worth to anybody? Why do people even listen to podcasts? Because they're interested in that topic of conversation? What is the topic of conversation people want to hear about? I think they're just bored. They want to hear something. I uh, witnessed a uh, girl. She bought a white noise machine. Uh huh. She just wanted something to. So to me, it's just white noise. Just wants something as opposed to silence. Yeah. Which is what we really need, is we need silence. Yeah, but it needs to be interesting. It needs, some stuff needs to be interesting. So white noise is interesting? <laughs> the point, I didn't even consider that. But they kind Put our podcast in a shitty bag of shit. <laughs> a shitty bag of shit. <laughs> no, but it's wrong. Silence is good, but people also need to be informed. And that's what we're trying to do trying to inform people in a certain way, a perspective. I mean, I feel ultimately like what we're trying to do here is we're trying to equip uh, people for the understanding of 144,000 mentality. That's what I mean. Like, what does that look like? What does that lifestyle look like? 
things that I wanted to kind of touch on a little bit is that reality is really a video game. Uh-huh. I feel like we've mentioned this before, but the 144,000, it says, are they who keep the commandments of God. Every day we're forced with decisions to make that are contrary to keeping the commandments of God. That's an obstacle. Indeed. That's an obstacle from us advancing and being more developed, more mature. You know, it's a hindrance. So we're trying to overcome those obstacles. And by assimilating to the video game virtual reality kind of uh, understanding of things we're coming out of Babylon now when we when we begin to adapt you know to these things that are hindrances that are holding us back or we can use them. Well, they're used no matter what. They're going to be used no matter what. The hindrances, the faults, the shortcomings are all... God's got beauty for those ashes. Uh-huh. It's like I was talking to, with one of my buddies who, you know, I believe is a part of the 144,000, uh-huh. you know, and, you know, we talked about like, yeah, I've made mistakes in my life. But ultimately, I'm still pressing forward. Like, I was like, I've made mistakes too. We've all made mistakes, but we're still pressing forward. The past is kind of just gone and crap. Yeah, it's like, we can't focus on that. We need to focus on overcoming the mark of the beast right now. Yeah. You know, and, and that's done by keeping the commandments. You know, keeping the commandments of God, you know, and holding the testimony of Jesus. Like it says, the chosen, 144,000, are going to be doing, and these are the people who are going to be grafted into the seed of Abraham. People who do this, who are overcoming, are going to be a part of that remnant. You know, it's going to be able to go into the new Jerusalem Well, the way making it sound is there's two sections of saved people. The 144,000 and everyone else. Yeah. Well, and that's what it says in the book of Thessalonians. It says, we who are still alive at the coming of the Lord will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And what are the clouds? Clouds are not literal clouds. The clouds are the multitudes of people. So the chosen are going to be connected with everybody else, the oh, I believe the sea of Revelation. Revelation says that the multitudes of people are called the sea. In Thessalonians, the sea is referred to as clouds. Weird 
symbols to describe the multitudes. You have the chosen, and then you have the clouds. You have the, the 144,000, and you have the sea. You know, But it's the same thing. It's that there's going to be the two groups of people. You know, and everybody's going to be connected to the Lord in the air, the ether. Uh-huh. Because when Jesus is revealed, second of com- coming of Christ is a thing, is relevant all of a sudden, <laughs> like a thief in the night. You know, that's what's going to be the means of how everybody's going to be interconnected to that. You know, through technology, through the air. The ether. And we're right there because everybody has a vi- uh, a device of that's interconnected to the air. Device of death. How, how so do you think it's a device of death? And just right. <laughs> device of death. It just sounds cool. <laughs> Does sound cool. I like it. That's a new word for yourself, I think that's what we should call this uh, episode, The Vice of Death. <laughs> I like it, that's cool. Yeah, but I think we got I think we got some good good ideas cracking off here. That's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to promote like a certain kind of understanding about things. And then other people subscribe to that and then they get on board. And then there's a momentum that is built through camaraderie in in understanding. And that's really what we're trying to do. We're not necessarily saying that we're, we're right in everything that we're promoting. We'd be kind of narcissistic to, to think that everything we say is right. But we are trying to do our best to, you know, promote a certain kind of understanding that Assim- people can adhere to. Assim- assimilate information. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Assimilate information and people kind of getting on board with that kind of notion and, you know, kind of following suit, you know. And it's the same thing with anarchism. You know, I think is, you know, we're not trying to be politicians that are trying to seek our face in the line like like all these other people are. You know, these people that are running for city council and, and mayor positions. They're, they're really just, in my opinion, they're seeking they're, to get their ego stroke. They're seeking a position of power to make their life fear feel more valid. To me, that is the only salvation there is for a government person. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have... They're nobody else other than that. If they don't make it in that... If they don't get elected, their life's a failure. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You know, really. Like, I mean, that's... This is what they focus their whole energy on in their life is to try to make it in this regard. And in this, we don't get voted in. You're out. Yeah, you're nobody. You're out. 
And that's why we're saying, like, we're not looking, as people of the anarchist kind of perspective, we're not looking to have our faces, like, in the limelight or dictating Glorified. Glorified. No, not at all. We're trying to just get people on board to try to make a difference, you know, like, in how things are. And the way we make a difference, unfortunately, is like what Timothy Leary said. (laughs) Tune in. Turn on, drop out. That's what I really think is kind of what our motto should be. What was it? Tune in, turn on, drop out. Timothy Leary, I believe, was promoting an anarchist kind of kind of view towards things. He was very much against conforming, and obviously he was very uh, much involved with LSD. Uh huh. You know, and using LSD as a means for, uh, in my opinion, I would say figuring out the true nature of reality. Because <laughs> I think LSD and hallucinogenic drugs can open your mind to understanding the true the nature world. of the world. Yeah, just in a different way because of just being totally under the influence of such a narcotic (laughs) we do love narcotics we love them they're bad people we love well we like to enjoy them in a recreational way yes (laughs) we love them in that sense we don't want to glorify abuse or chemical dependency of drugs, but we do. Well, don't want to deny that it is delicious. <laughs> Indeed it is. And makes you feel good, too. Well, kind of going on a tangent in that direction, I do think that... Uh, I think that... The Garden of Eden was a uh, an experience before the fall was like a drug, being high on drugs. Adam and Eve were high on high on life, like being high on drugs. You know, kind of before the fall, and then they fell from grace. They fell into sin, into ego. Have you ever been high on life? Yeah. Okay, to know what like. It's a good feeling. I do not many times, but once or twice. Yeah. Once or twice. <laughs> but the thing was, to see, when they fell in the, in the sin, that natural high was done away with, and now they needed something to try to get back to that. And ever since then, mankind has been seeking some kind of substance, narcotic, to get them back to that blissful gap. Yeah. And that's, some people would say that's why drugs are of the devil. Because the devil was the one who told people like, oh, do some of this. If you, oh, if you use some of this plant right here, you'll 
get back to the Garden of Eden. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or something like that. You yeah. know, I could see the devil saying something like that. It's like, oh, if you eat of this fruit today, like, oh, you will be all knowledgeable like God. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, oh, if you smoke some of this marijuana here, you'll be like God. You know, and somebody's like, okay. Uh-huh. It's like, hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> that feels pretty good. Uh-huh. Next thing you know, man's using substance to fill the void of his connection with God. Now a substance has become his God. He's got God smack. <laughs> you know? God smack. God is smack to some. Some people's God is smack. What can I say? What about man God smack? I don't even want to talk about them. They're, they're not a topic of conversation on our podcast. <laughs> Sorry, we can't give them any... There are certain things that we cannot give any uh, attention to uh-huh. on our podcast. Is, yeah, that's one of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we'll discuss today the... Uh, projections of lower turnouts at the polls amongst the younger generations of voters here in our city. Thought we needed to address it. Uh, Are you going to say something? No. I was trying to gather my thoughts on what I said last time. (laughs) Anyways. Well, we're talking about uh, what is causing the low turnout at the polls amongst the young people. It's disinterest in politics because politics are just not that cool. (laughs) It's just not that interesting. Indeed. You know, and then you have these people saying, well, it's like, uh, like the Spokane County Treasurer here in our city, you know, saying like, oh, well, you know, these people really need to take, uh, you know, interest in this kind of stuff because, you know, it's your future. Which <laughs> uh-huh. is like, I'm sure they'd be interested to engage if you made it more interesting for them. Uh-huh. one more thing. Voting for uh, uh, politicians, you know, voting for these officials in our city and state government, you know? I guess maybe it's not state government. Well, I mean, it is. I mean, Make it fun how? Just not fun. Just interesting. I mean, there's just, there's nothing interesting about it. I mean, and that's the problem with our culture and society is that it's so hard to shock people and interest them. It's like you literally need to have a war or some kind of atrocity to take place to get people's attention. I mean, these stupid people who come out of the woodwork like these mayors and city council people that are so desperate to, you know, desperate and needy for attention, you know, it's like nobody knows who these people are, you know what I mean? It's like they're not, there's nothing interesting about, I don't give a crap about any of these cities council people uh-huh, or yeah. who they are. I'm not interested in becoming friends with them yeah, or, what the heck? you know, 
This is and this is the problem with the youth. It's like the youth are so preoccupied. The younger generations of voters are so preoccupied with their cell phones and you know their social media uh, apps. And I mean, that's more interesting to them than going to fill out a ballot on some, a bunch of people that oh, really yeah. are irrelevant. Oh yeah. Big time. I mean, you gotta understand, like, from a person, I mean, you're looking at this woman, the city, uh, county treasurer woman, she's an old hag, uh, I mean, it's just like, what does she know about the young generations? How can she, she's half dead, ready to croak, and what does she know about the younger generations? She doesn't understand anything about uh-huh. them. You know? Not to mention how they should spend their money. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think that... Uh, I mean, we live in a, a fairly big city here on the West Coast, and, I mean, I would imagine that this is probably the norm for most places. <laughs> Amongst young people here in our country. For what? For voting. Uh, A lot of the younger generations of people just not really engaged or interested in, you know, voting. Voting. Yeah, Yeah, they're just not. And I think it's because politics is just not an interesting, it's not interesting enough for the younger people to engage in. Doesn't have enough possession. Yeah, it doesn't have enough appeal, you know, and they expect these people to be interested in in their futures and the elected officials that are going to dictate the course of events of their futures and they could care less (laughs) because there's just no interest. It's just not, it's like we were talking with your dad before he came, before we started here, um, and it's just could Donald Trump be the first president behind bars elected in the office? Uh-huh. I mean, it kind of seems like it's going that way because he's going to do the right thing. He'll wear that orange jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> wear with pride. Yep. Probably put some stars and stripes on there. Make America great again, like badge on it or something, just some kind of a cover all jail coveralls. Yeah, uh, like America, it's got America great again. It's got the let's go Brandon on there, like a bunch, of, <laughs> a bunch of like insignias and stuff of like uh, hardcore right wing, you know, conservative uh-huh. groups. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's funny. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. People can criticize Donald Trump all they want. That's big business right there, though. Yeah. That's interesting. People are like, oh, the first president behind bars. Oh, I'm interested in that. And, uh, yeah, and our beat. Who, who the hell, the next person that's going to be the mayor of my city, I could care less, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in Donald Trump in a jumpsuit behind bars as president, you know what I mean? That's interesting. That's good. You know what I mean? I can just see him just cleaning up this mess in the Middle East from jail. I know, huh? From behind bars. I know, that'd be awesome, dude. It really is. It's just, that's... 
Shipping out missiles or bombs. <laughs> I know he's got like the uh, the buttons and the to detonate the missiles and bombs in, uh-huh. in his like cell. He's detonating. <laughs> I mean that's that's good. That's interesting. I mean that's gonna get people's attention. You know what I mean? These people come out of the woodwork that are seeking positions of prominence in. You know, our cities and stuff right now are just really people who just are desperate for attention, I feel like. It's just really hard to to back their egotistical kind of trip that they're on, you know? It's just like, oh, I'm a big city council person. I'm a position above you, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I mean, it's like, really, what? Do these really people really care about, about our cities, about making our cities more safer and better? I mean, I just really... Or are they more interested in just having the position, you know what I mean? And like, oh, I'm this. You know what I mean? I just feel like it's just more about having their ego stroke than it is about us. I talked to this girl for a while to do said she would come visit me for 50 bucks. What? Where She's did, obviously a Biden supporter. Obviously. Or left or whatever. Something along those lines. <laughs> uh, oh. And then block that biatch. That was a little bit of a tangent from what we were talking about, but uh-huh. could just be that she's just a Biden supporter. I don't know. Uh-huh. Pro-choice. Fundamentalist. <laughs> Pro-choice fundamentalist. Lefty. Lefty. Lefty Sidewinder. Uh-huh. Yeah. I do think that this the situation though is boding well for anarchism. Uh, I, I really feel that this whole, you know, state of affairs is like these people are, are really, by not voting, is really saying that you're not interested in government. You don't support it. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that that's really good for the anarchism statement. Uh, oh, good way. If you're, and that's really what the youth are kind of like gravitating towards when they're not, in, you know, engaging in this uh-huh. kind of nonsense, almost really. Yeah. I think. And so it's really, this is all this voting and stuff. It's just really nonsense, dude. I mean, it's just like you got two groups of people, and like 
everybody's on one side or the other, and nobody wants to compromise with uh, the other group, you know, it's just, uh-huh. I mean, it's just, like, how is this really working? I think, like, this is what the youth is seeing. They're seeing this divide, and they're saying, like, you know what, this is dumb. Well, I don't get why they're so big on this two-party system. It seems to... I know, how did this even arise, exactly? Like, why... Who is the brilliant philosophical genius that concocted this crap? You know, and thought this was a uh, wise idea for our country to... I mean, seriously. Well... Yeah, I I I don't understand, really, like... Who thought this was going to be a successful thing? I mean, I just really feel the future is about people and businesses gravitating towards one direction or the other. Like, we just need, like, a reality where, you know, it's like you're working with people who all identify with what you're about, you know, and doing business with those kind of people and the other group of people does business with their people you know what I mean as opposed to this like trying to make this work uh, you know in this in a crisis like this it's just not gonna work well it's not proving to yeah it's just making things more difficult more challenging you know what I mean and this is I think all ultimately affecting the younger generations going to the polls. They they're they're smart. You know, they're smarter than this, you know, than to wanna to blindly follow something and, and this has nothing to do with us discouraging necessarily people from voting. I mean we're promoting anarchism, we're promoting an anar- an anarchist point of view, anti government, uh you know, so based off of that we're not obviously going to be encouraging people to support the government, but it seems to be people are identifying more with this, but not, you know, it's like they're not overtly claiming to represent this, but in their actions, in their fruits, they are, you know, they are saying that this is kind of where they're standing by not voting, you know, is that I don't want to support this. Why don't we vote? I don't vote. And mostly because it will be a huge hassle. But... Well... I just think that this is, you know, a byproduct of things just not, not jiving, you know, and people are disinterested in, in this. They're disinterested because it's not interesting enough. They're disinterested because there's this rift, um, And these people that we have to vote for are nobodies. Like, they're nobodies, really. I mean, it's just... 
who are these people? They come out of the woodwork out of nowhere. It's just like, I don't know who any of these people are that are all of a sudden like, what do you my vote? <laughs> I was like, who are you? Uh-huh. I, like, I don't even know who you are, dude. Vivek Ramaswamy, the head that was the good political name. I don't know what this. <laughs> the Indian guy? Yeah. No, he's just another guy they need to have get in the mix, you know, just kind of. He's smart, he knows how to talk, but he reminds me of. Uh, Indian kids in his teens. <laughs> yeah. Who comes off as really smart. He can talk really good, but... Articulate, yeah. Yeah, articulate. Yep. But... I think it's all... Performance. Yeah. Yeah, and that's ultimately what I feel the the youth are seeing, you know, the younger voters, younger generation of voters are seeing that all this stuff is just a performance that they don't want to participate in because it's just not it's just not cool, man. I mean it's just to have this to have this divide and stuff, it's just not cool. Yeah. Like, it's just not it's not good. It's not good for our country. It's not good for anything or anybody, dude. It's just like, and that's why, you know, we need to start um, allowing things to... That's why we need to King Trump and make it just one way. Yeah, that's not gonna, that's not gonna happen either, though. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like... And, And that's why I feel like the anarchism thing is the is where it's at because then it's just we're just focusing on our own on our own salvation, our own um, uh, just ability to live, you know, and we're not dependent on somebody else to provide that for us. You know, some people that we, people that we don't even know who the heck they are, or hardly, and, you know, it's, yeah, I don't know, man, it's, interesting state of affairs we find ourselves 